Welcome to season five of the Retail Tea Break podcast. My name is Melissa Moore, the Retail Advisor, and each week I'll be joined by industry experts, retailers and brands to dispel the myths, share their knowledge and give you an insight into the retail industry. You can listen back to previous episodes on your favourite podcast platform or on YouTube. And while you're there, please subscribe to the podcast so that you get to listen to it first every week. In the meantime, grab that cup of tea, sit back and listen in to season five of the Retail Tea Break podcast. Today I'm joined by a guest who is a true retail people expert. This passionate, commercially focused and experienced leader has huge expertise leading and developing a range of teams across operational, technical and strategic retail topics. She's headed up a number of industry-leading initiatives within the retail sector. These have included the development of an employee benefit package and development programs which are designed with the employee's life cycle in mind, including compassionate leave for miscarriage and early pregnancy loss, menopause supports, the removal of mandatory retirement and becoming the first retailer to commit to paying the living wage in 2015. Maeve McLean, Chief People Officer and Board Executive for Little Ireland and Northern Ireland, welcome to the Retail Tea Break podcast. Thank you. That was some introduction. There'll be nothing um, to talk about after that. (laughs) Yeah, but now I want to get into the detail you've accomplished with your team, of course, so much over the last few years. And as I said to you when we spoke before, Little really seems to be leading the way with people and culture. So I'm very excited to have the chat. But as always, in the time that it takes to boil a kettle, which I'm told is about two minutes, tell us a bit more about you and your background in the industry. Okay, well, Maeve, I'm from Wexford, where I still live, or actually live again, more to the point, with my husband. At some point in our lives, we both moved away. I lived in Berlin for about six years. He lived in London, and then we ended up back in Wexford again. With our two dogs, we love walking, we love traveling, and we travel in winter, we travel in summer, we love to dive. So we like a bit of activity. Holidays are for doing lots more things rather than lying down and doing nothing. Um, career I started in hospitality actually I worked in hotels and hospitality first and um, having graduated from TU Dublin with a diploma in leisure management and business studies and various different jobs along the way I started in Lidl then in 2005 as an area manager and started on the shop floor and learned our business from the ground up and moved into personnel administration then about a year later built up the HR function. 2013 to 2016, I worked in our international headquarters in Germany, which was a huge experience for me, working with 30 other countries. How do you roll out policies, procedures, practices, best practice across 30 countries, not just in one? So that was a fantastic opportunity. And then in 2016, I returned to Ireland and took up my role as chief people officer and my position on the board. So I was the first uh, female on the board in Ireland and the first responsible for HR on the board. So that gave us a new seat at the table, which has meant that we've been able to do lots of really, really great stuff over the last number of years. That's incredible. And of course, it's lovely to hear that you started on the shop floor. I'm always very excited when people have because you really get it. And I think that's so exciting. But also now to have pushed the 
people agenda. We're so used to in retail talking about the customer and talking about the stock and talking about everything else. But it's really lovely to hear such strong kind of backing for, for your people within the company. And as you say, getting the people around the table as, you know, as responsible for people and having a place on the board. Delighted to kind of hear that that's the way you've pushed forward. And also, interestingly, to pick up on, you love to holiday. The amount of people that kind of work, 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 don't take that respite. And it sounds like that downtime for you is just as important as your work. 100% have to have other interests. I have to have that balance. Everybody's talking about the balance um, and it's becoming more important than ever. There was a time, I think, and particularly in retail, we had this, you nearly had stripes, you know, for the amount of holidays that you'd accrued and hadn't used. It was like a badge of honor of some description. Don't do that. Maybe 20 years ago. But now it's really, really important to me that I get that balance right, that I have the time with my my loved ones at home, with my friends who I love going away with, that I even just in the evening, that hour to myself with my podcast on and out for a walk with the dog. And that is really, really important. And I think that helps me show up as a better leader every day as well. And one thing I have learned more recently probably than I did in my early in my career was that getting that balance right and having my emotional well-being, my mental well-being, my physical well-being at its peak means that I can show up as the best leader every day for, for, for the teams here. It's great to hear that from the top down. You know, we talk the talk. Everyone talks about this magical work-life balance. And look, as you said, 20 years ago, we were all doing it. I know I was. But it's great to hear that that's where you spend your time and that there is balance. And I'm sure your your people and therefore the wider organisation as well are kind of led this way, which is is fantastic. And more retailers need to do that. But I suppose then to get on to talking about your people, you know, it's not breaking news out there. Your retailers are struggling to hire. They're struggling to then keep the people they have. How are Lidl combating this? I don't think we're unique in retail. Anybody I'm talking to in any industry, whether it's public sector, whether it's private sector, whether it's retail, whether it's banking, the struggle to find and to keep the best talent is really, really difficult. The one thing in Lidl is we know we need to have the best in retail. The job is a little bit different to other retailers. It is quite demanding. It's very fast paced. It suits someone who stays because, you know, if you if you want to be busy all day, there's nothing worse than standing around wondering what you're going to do next. That'll never happen. Anyone who's ever been in the Lidl store knows that that's the case. We're always very, very busy. But if we want to hire the best in retail, then we're going to have to pay the best as well. So 2015, we committed to paying the uh, living wage um, in Ireland and we do the same in Northern Ireland as well. And to us, it was really, really important that we were offering the best rate of pay. It's not everything, but it is a great starting point that we're able to do that every year. Since then, we've gone and we've sat down um, and we've calculated if that's going to be possible for the coming year. And fortunately, again, this year in September, when we sat down and the living wage came out um, and the technical group gave their recommendation, we were able to look at that again. But it was a bit of a hike. I mean, 13.85 going to 14.80. That is not insignificant. And I absolutely appreciate that that's not a, an easy thing for 
for anybody to consider to do. And it's not done with the stroke of a pen for us either. We have to sit down and do the math on it as well. But hand in hand with that, what's really important is the security of hours. So we offer a minimum of 30 hour contracts as well. So gone are the days where it was, you know, you got a 10 hour contract, you might be working 40 hours, you got a 20 hour contract, you didn't know whether you were going to be working those hours or not. We do offer a minimum of 30 hours. Now, the majority of our colleagues are probably working 35 or 36, but that gives real security then as well. We've also learned that we need to be an awful lot more flexible with our teams. You know, there was, you know, we used to, we used to even when you mentioned being so customer focused, you know, and you used to build your rotas around customer need and busy times and all that. While you do that, you absolutely have to make it employee centric now as well. And um, your rostering needs to be built around employee needs. And we know now that we need to be more flexible and we can offer that flexibility. We're open seven days a week from morning until evening, which means we've, it's because we have a shift for everybody, really. You know, there's there's a shift pattern there to suit everybody. And it's just making sure that we that we learn that right across the business, that when we work with people and their needs and what they need in flexibility and security and good pay, that's how we're going to keep or we're going to hire and keep the best talent out there. It sounds like there's been a mindset shift. You know, retail, as you said, morning to night, seven days a week. It sounds like an absolute nightmare. How on earth did we all get into this industry? Why? But the way Lidl seems to look at it now is actually let's use that positively, that if that morning shift or that nighttime shift suits you, that's the way we will work it. Because, of course, you're still supporting the customers. We're still being customer centric. But also if the employee is happier coming to work at the times that suit them, not every hour, every day, everyone's winning. So it really does seem like you, you've, you've looked at it almost backwards. It's definitely not the way it used to be done. No, and I'm lucky in that we have a great team here who get that as well. It hasn't taken a huge amount of convincing. And I think as well, you mentioned at the very beginning that, you know, you love to hear that someone has started on the shop floor. I think one of the things in Lidl is all of our senior management team have started on the shop floor. So we understand and we appreciate. A lot of us have grown up in Lidl as well. There's a lot of people here celebrating their 20 year anniversary. So as our lives have evolved and our worlds have changed, we appreciate more, I suppose, that that's the case for everybody else as well. So we have a better understanding and probably a more considerate approach then to what people's needs are. But definitely I'll go back to, as you said, working on the shop floor makes all the difference, which is why we make sure that everybody who works in every function of the business, whether it's IT or marketing or HR, that we get back out and we work in the stores every year then as well, that we have time back learning again what is it really really like because you can get a little bit far removed from it our board we're at and we're out in stores every week we're on the shop floor we're in our warehouses every week we're meeting people every week we talk about that shift in thinking it's probably coming from we're listening an awful lot more to employees as well and listening to what their needs are um, and the more that we do that the more then that we can build our policies and our practices around what the need is rather than you know, some, someone else is doing something. So we do it because it sounds like it's the right thing to do. But we actually do it because that's where the need is coming from, that our employees are telling us what they need. I don't need to tell you just how refreshing that is to A, have you admit that you're listening more now, but B, that you're genuinely spending time on the shop floor. Countless conversations I can recall with, with it's a them and us thing. An awful lot of people working on the shop floor, on the front line, do believe it's them and us. That head office is in this tower, you know, far, far away. And we're all working on the shop floor, dealing with the reality of the customers. But it's lovely to hear that that's the norm for you, that actually dealing with the customers is something that you all do. You see how busy it gets out 
out there, you see what I suppose it's even like stacking those shelves and having those cues if they do appear, you understand the reality of what it's actually like to, to work in your stores. 100% actually reminds me this week I was coming out because we're fortunate that we have a store right beside our head office so you can't forget about it, it always has to be to the front of your mind I went out there was two store managers wandering around the car park as I was driving out it's like that looks really weird why are they walking around the car park and one of them was on a phone and they were looking a bit panicked so pulled in and went over anyway and it turns out that there was a child found but those store managers who had taken the time out to stop and they'd gone with this child found another customer had stopped to look after the child as well they were on to the guardie to find out what they should do next they were checking around the other stores in the area. But even just that appreciation of me seeing, this is what they do every day. They do, they go so far beyond what's called for for our customers. Um, and, and they weren't stopping until they'd find that, kid, that kid's parents. Um, and what they do every day, front and center for our customers representing us like we we have to really understand that and we have to be there and see that and feel that so we can understand what, what what's really going on that's really really lovely to hear and I suppose it ties in quite nicely because we're hearing the reality now you recently won the best leadership development initiative and initially as I said to you I just presumed that you were minding your senior team this head office team that lives up this ivory tower but actually, it's the complete opposite. You were telling me that your leadership academy is open to everyone. So it's again, it's being super inclusive here. Tell us a bit about that leadership academy. So one of the things we have heard from our colleagues is that they want to know how can I progress? And at any stage in my career, where do I go next? So we decided we needed to find a way to make it really, really transparent, really, really accessible and really beneficial then for, for colleagues as, as they wanted to grow on their journey with us and develop themselves and have us work with them and developing them as well. So the Leadership Academy, as you said, it's open to everybody. So as a customer assistant, if my sites are on progressing or moving through, then I can talk to my line manager about how do I get onto the Leadership Academy to progress to duty manager, which would be like a supervisor role with us. And then there's structured training, there is structured development, work together. We have our, our regional talent management specialists who work together with store managers on developing their teams. We have our regional HR teams who work together with store managers on developing their teams. So you can literally sit down and map out and say, I'm a customer assistant, I want to be a duty manager. How, how do I get there? It's available on our hub. We have a, a HR hub that's available to everybody in store. With a couple of clicks, you can find out everything about that particular program, how to get there, what you need, what's the skills. Does it suit me? Is it something I would want to do? And then from duty manager to deputy store manager to store manager to sales operations manager, all the way up. We've had plenty of people who've come through. Actually, we've had, since we've started in the last two years, we've had over 800 people who've taken part in the Leadership Academy um, in various different in various different ways. And as I say, that's not everybody going to be the next CEO. It's not going to be possible. But it does mean that people have a clearer path as to where they can go next and what they can do next and how they can grow. And we've seen and learned a lot over the last couple of years as well. The job satisfaction isn't just about getting paid. It is about, can I grow here? Can I learn here? Can I develop myself here? Can I do something else? Can I do something more? So it gives a real opportunity for us to find great talent for our succession planning into the future. So it feeds our need as well that we know I can sit down and I know that we can back for any store manager's role into the future because we've got these people coming through the Leadership Academy. So it's great benefit for us, but it's also great benefit then for colleagues who know 
I have a future here. I have a path here. I have security and I can do different things. I don't have to just go in one direction. I don't have to leave the company to do a different job. I might be interested now in logistics or in warehousing. I might be interested in progressing into a different role, maybe into administration in the office or something. So that means then as well, people may stay with us for longer. So it might help us with their retention then as well. I think that's lovely. And again, you're thinking outside the box here. You know, I've I've seen and I'm sure you've had colleagues over the years that have left retail because they wanted off the shop floor when actually retail is so much bigger than that nowadays. You know, whether it's our online, as you said, whether it's logistics and Lidl is known for, you know, the sheer volume of stock that you move. It's great to know that that pathway. And I do think that as retail, we need to be clear. There is absolutely a career in retail. Yes, for some, it's the Saturday job in college. And that's fantastic. We need those people, too. But for the majority of us, once we're in and we love what we do, it's great to know that there is a long term future there, which by the sounds of it, it's really working because you've mapped it out and it might seem very simple. But knowing that there's a plan there for your future, as you said, whether it's succession for the company or whether it's just me knowing that actually in a year's time, I could be duty manager in this store again, I think is so exciting. It absolutely is. And it does mean that we are also growing our own talent as well. And as you said, it's not just the jobs, you know, the, 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 of course, the store and the, the customer facing roles are, are a priority or not priority, but they are, I suppose, in the majority. And um, but there are if somebody, you know, we've had people who've, you know, they've worked with us part time while they were doing their IT degree or something, and then they come in and work with us. And we have those who join us then on our graduate program and um, who may have done internships with us previously or worked with us part time um, and come in and joined our buying team or our you know other areas in our commercial team so yeah the more opportunities there the broader and wider the opportunities the wider we can throw the net the more that we're going to be able to fill that pipeline of talent and um, for for succession planning in the future it's fantastic. It's really lovely to hear that you're minding your staff or your colleagues in, in that way. But I suppose alongside that, then you've introduced various initiatives and Lidl are really leading the way with this. So new initiatives and benefits, which, again, I think really speak to the true meaning of inclusivity, something Lidl's really good at. Tell us a bit more about some of these benefits and initiatives. So to be an inclusive employer, we are looking at the entire employee life cycle and um, whether that is how we attract talent, how we recruit, up until how do we develop or how people leave us. But we're also looking at the employees, their actual life cycle then as well. Um, and as different stages in our lives, all of us are going to need different benefits and we're going to need different types of support. So that's why we have looked at a very broad suite of supports, whether it be fully paid maternity leave for all colleagues across the business, whether you work in store or warehouse or office. That was really important to us that we are supporting families during that time of maternity, paid paternity leave then as well. Um, a lot of our policies as I've said, have come from our colleagues as well. So we introduced uh, a couple of years ago, we introduced our uh, miscarriage and early pregnancy loss as part of our compassionate leave. 
And that came from knowing colleagues in the business who had either suffered a miscarriage themselves or their partner had suffered a miscarriage or early pregnancy loss and recognizing that as a bereavement. That is not just any two days, three days sick. That's not that's not what this is about. This is about recognizing that that is a very, very big momentous thing that happens in a family's life um, and that we are there to support during that time as well. And I have one colleague, Denise, who who really helped us in promoting that and sharing her experience internally. Because I think as well, the more that we have colleagues who talk about things and the more we're giving other people permission to say, do you know what? That's me as well. I'm in that difficult situation. Denise herself had suffered three miscarriages and she shared her story and the support and how that support had helped her. Um, so. And one of the other ones that we've had was we have fertility leave that we have introduced as well. We also understand that that time of starting a family, it's not always, it, it can be complicated in so many ways. So we have two days paid for um, fertility leave as well. Um, and that's for an unlimited number of cycles, because as we know, sometimes it works after the second time. Sometimes it doesn't work until the seventh or the eighth time. Um, so to support those colleagues then as well. Those policies apply regardless of gender and um, they apply to, to, to men as equally as they do to women in the business. Um, one very close to my heart was our menopause policy that we introduced in the last uh, two years as well. Uh, and as I have said to you previously, and I've said to others, I hope it doesn't take having a perimenopausal woman in the boardroom for other companies to step up and, and introduce policies around menopause uh, because it is something that is really really important and that's you know half of the of, of the population is affected actually the whole population is affected because even the men we work with they have female colleagues they have sisters they have daughters they have partners they have wives so understanding and that's the big one of the big things about a lot of our policies is a lot of the time it's about education it's about understanding it's about you know for many for many colleagues it was like i don't know what menopause even is and i don't know how i could support someone and learning more about it means that we can build allies in the business whether they be male allies or fellow female allies um, and actually this morning we won an award for our large workplace for menopause workplace excellence so I was very proud of that today that that was great that was run by and um, menopause hub and great place to work so it's great to see the public recognition for those policies as well because that obviously helps us build our brand as an employer and our reputation as an employer and um, so it is great to get external recognition but it is really really good to hear the internal stories I was talking to one of the girls this morning who joined me actually at those awards and she works in one of our stores she's actually on the leadership academy looking to as a duty manager she'd like to progress as a deputy store manager but she has shared her story nationally and that was that she was thrown into early menopause and she's explained to her colleagues at work what does that mean and how that affected her so stories like that really 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 help as well and we have an employee assistance program for everybody in the business as well really important that people know they have access to professional support in times of difficulty, whether that's counselling, whether that's financial advice, financial advisors that are available as well. We've introduced paid volunteering. And I think there's a lot of our colleagues who love to be able to give something back. And it has proven to be a wonderful way to do team building so that you do your volunteer day as a team together, whether that be working in an animal sanctuary or whether it's cleaning the beaches. You always want to pray for a good day when you decide <laughs> to do that as a team. Um, but something like that, it is a benefit for an individual. But again, it, it has, uh, I suppose, opened up 
another opportunity there and that that's a great team building exercise as well. I could go on. I suppose the, the big thing for me is that we are looking at as many different policies that cover as many different stages as, as your life. Every one of us is going to have a different experience, but that everybody feels that they are included and that they are considered by us as, as employers and that everything that goes on in their world matters, that the day of, you know, park your private life at home, don't be bringing all your problems to work, that those days are gone. We bring our whole selves to work. All the craziness comes to work. And um, so that that is important that everybody feels that they can. Yeah. And that's great. And then the whole person shows up and, you know, you get better productivity. The teams feel more together and included. But to me, all of this comes back to the fact you are listening to your employees. You're then taking on board what they've said and you're moving that forward. So actually, again, so that everyone is included, but also there's an education piece there. As you said, menopause, some people have no idea what that means or what it looks like in reality. So it's great. Again, it's this nurturing and learning and bringing together the teams, which I'm sure realistically at the end of the day, you know, improve their function, keeps the customer happier. So you're getting huge benefit as are your people. Absolutely. Ultimately, it is the customer who benefits at the end. And if we have teams who are working well together, who enjoy coming to work, who feel that they're being well looked after, whose manager supports them, you know, they're going to offer a better customer service. They're going to go above and beyond. They're going to do more. So, you know, everybody wins and it makes it makes work more enjoyable for everybody. Absolutely. But look, I know we're going to have retailers listening, even smaller retailers listening, saying it's all well and good for Lidl. You have all these pots of cash, you know, the famous money that you must have to pay for all this. But what do you think that the smaller retailer or even the independent could do to start them on the journey that Lidl's been on? I have to say, first and foremost, anyone who works in grocery retail knows there isn't pockets of cash left over at the end. Those buckets are not, are fairly empty. Um, we're working on really, really tight margins. And that's why I said like, it's not that we make these decisions lightly. But if you look at the things that we have done, there are many, many things that don't actually cost a huge amount of money. You know, the, the like a surrogacy policy, there will be only a small number of people who will be affected. It's not going to be a massive cost to your business. But first and foremost, that we're educating managers and colleagues as to what does this mean for somebody in their life when they're going through, you know, a process around surrogacy, for example. But that when we care for individual people, that you know, we are caring for everybody then as well. A whole team is excited when they hear that somebody's going to, you know, be, be starting down their family journey in whatever way that happens for them. And I don't think they're hugely expensive things to do. And even even team building activities, while yes, it might cost to say that your team are going to be off site for a day, but like, you know, volunteering for a day, that's not an expensive team building activity. And it's giving so much back. Everybody comes out with a warm and fuzzy feeling and everybody has bonded really well. So I do think there are things to do. It's about really listening to, to, to colleagues. And, and there are things that we will do that cost literally nothing. So, for example, we removed the mandatory retirement age 
which just made sense. We want people to work with us for longer. Our customers want to see themselves reflected in the teams mm-hmm. that we have. So makes sense to have people. It's in their interest to work longer. And there are things that you, we can, that I think all retailers can do. It's just maybe listening more, being a little bit more creative and just changing the status quo, changing the way we've always done things. I think that's absolutely the key there. You know, we say retail's moving on, but it needs to with our people as well. So I think that's super advice there, Maeve. Um, I suppose to tie this whole conversation together today, you know, gosh, everyone's talked about CX over the last few years and this idea of customer experience and we've all banged on about it, but EX and employee experience, it's definitely something leaders obviously moving forward with is listening to their, you know, their colleague, their employee. I suppose, how realistic is it though? Because you must have to find this kind of fine line there between balancing company culture to this incredible employee experience, but also having to inform and I suppose ensure that people are keeping to company policies. So what's that balance like between the culture, but also the policy within the company? Interesting. And we have always been a very procedurally driven policy company. That's been the secret of our success. We are, you know, a branch of a system. Um, You go from one store to the next store, it looks the same, it feels the same, you can find everything you want, the products are the same, they're run the same, and there is no great deviation from that. So that does require an approach to, to, to policy that it is, you know, standardization that we do things in one way, and that way gets multiplied. And that can work in our favor, I think, as well, when it comes to employee experience. Um, in that we have one policy, we apply that policy. Um, now, the, the difficulty, I think, or the balance that I do find is treating everyone fairly doesn't necessarily mean treating everyone the same. And trying to get that nuance right, you know, fairness will look different for what I need. I need something different this week from my manager than my colleague might need. And that is fairness. But our policies, I think, policies to be written in a way that they leave room for a manager to use good judgment and common sense as well so that they are there as a framework but there is the opportunity there to to bring that culture of we're looking after you you are an individual and and we don't we can't treat everybody the same if you just you know use one sweeping policy for everybody and that is a fine balance I think culture comes about by us having great policies. So we have great policies. We're setting a tone. We're telling our managers right across the business who we are trusting to look after all of our colleagues every day. That We're telling those managers, this is the kind of business we want to be. This is the kind of leadership we want to have. We want to have compassionate leadership. We want to have considerate leadership. We want fairness across the business. We want people treated with respect. Um, And I think you can you can give those values, you can write the values on a wall, but in your policies, if they are coming through then as well, when a manager on a particular day is faced with a challenge, and they're like, there isn't a policy that covers this. They know how to react because they know this is how we do things around here. This is how we would react if we did have a policy for this. But yeah, the challenge is always, um, you know, who answers the phone that morning when somebody calls in sick and how do they react? And, and we've all been there. We've all been there and there's, there's no denying it or, you know, that, you know, something has gone completely pear-shaped, a delivery hasn't arrived, everybody's under pressure, you're looking for people to stay late, but you're committed to making sure that people, you know, get their time back or time off or you said they could leave. So 
I think it is about just really, really passing on the permission to managers to react themselves as they need to. You're not bound by rules and regulations. So I think that is that 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 is important in, in building culture and yeah, getting that balance with the employee experience right. Through leadership, though, isn't it? It really is. And again, it's coming from the top down. You're empowering your colleagues to live the culture of the company, which, again, is very special in retail right now. But it's great to see you leading the way. It really is. So look, final question. And I know the big C is only up the road, but what's coming up for you and the business over the next (laughs) six months? Well, big C. Well, we do Halloween first. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Always fascinates me, actually. Always fascinates me that we sell more chocolate at at, at Halloween than we do at Easter. I think that's amazing. And that just just says everything about how we love to have an excuse to party here in Ireland. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Christmas is always an extremely busy time. And people are stressed and people are busy and they're bumping into each other at the car park and they're bumping into each other with their trolleys and then our our colleagues are standing with smiles on their faces uh, and we will do our our feet on the ground we will be out in christmas week all of the teams from all of the offices will be out supporting all of the colleagues in the stores as well uh, and we're into planning then for next year and we know we have to sit down and think about how can we support colleagues cost of living crisis isn't going anywhere soon we have committed to the living wage we need to sit down and see what does that mean for the rest of our pay rates um, and what other policies can we bring in that may be able to support people i'd like to do a bit more around i think financial well-being and supporting colleagues with their own financial awareness or supports that they need and managing managing their finances in difficult times. So that's something I think I'd like to expand our we've a work safe live well program which looks at you know your 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 physical well-being so your health and safety at work your emotional well-being through policies and so on and then financial well-being as well. So I think that will be something for the new year that we will probably look at a little bit more and yeah more great leadership programs and developing lots of really 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 good retail leaders for for the future that's what the next yeah more than six months looks like (laughs) never standing still and that's incredible because again you are leading from the front here so very excited did not know that data that you sold more chocolate by the way you know talk about me taking up that little nugget you sell more chocolate (laughs) at halloween than at easter you heard it here first that is special well look if you've enjoyed today's podcast episode please do like and share it remember you can listen back to past retail tea break podcast episodes on your favorite platform or of course on YouTube connect with myself and Maeve on LinkedIn and obviously I'm gonna pop Lidl's website link up in the show notes because I know there is a huge amount of of data knowledge all sorts within their website there as well I'm sure if you want a job I would definitely be getting on because it looks like you have a career for life there as well having listened to Maeve today remember of course you'll be able to find the show notes from today's episodes and the transcript of course on the retailadvisor.ie Maeve it's been an absolute pleasure I'm fascinated to see what the next few months brings for Lidl if the last few years are anything to go by thank you so much for your time today Thank you.